Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority Podcast. I'm Art Reichner. This is episode 145. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Remember, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, and they, they tell me it's spring outside, but it's always a good time to, after a long, hard day's work or vegging at the tube during this uh uh, this pandemic to uh, uh, cap off your day with a nice ice cold frothy Labatt Blue, but we do ask that you drink our beer responsibly. And with that said, let's bring in our guest, and it is Red Wing team dietitian and also the director of clinical nutrition and wellness for the St. Joseph Mercy Health Systems. That's right. Everyone knows who this is because she is a regular. She is a podcast veteran of the Red and White Authority. That, of course, is Lisa McDowell. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And it's so good to connect with uh, other colleagues from the Red Wings. We're just missing each other so much. Yeah, it, it is very bizarre. You know, we're so used to working with each other and seeing each other and passing in our various duties for the Wings and, uh, uh, to see you. But Lisa, usually, as most people know, I like to have a lot of fun with you. I ask you all kinds of stuff about nutrition and health. We've done an annual Christmas show, which we're going to be doing again this year. And uh, uh, we see you up at training camp with uh, teaching the prospects how to uh, you know, eat properly and make make nutritious meals. And we're going to cover all of that stuff. But uh, as I did say, you're the director of clinical nutrition and wellness at St. Joseph uh, Mercy Health Systems. And uh, we're going to have to begin on a, a rather serious note because when the pandemic started in the stay-at-home order, uh, you know, Dr. Colucci, who we had on along with his colleague, Dr. Uh, Stephen Bauer, last week, um, I wanted to connect with with the medical people, the Red Wings, just to get an idea of what was going on because I knew we would be bombarded with all kinds of information, some of it good, some of it bad, some of it made up. And uh, uh, But when I contacted you, I, you stopped me dead in my tracks, Lisa, because unfortunately, at that time, you had contracted COVID-19. I did. <laughs> and I wasn't in good shape when we talked um, and wasn't able to do the podcast. So um, you are right. Um, our, our clinical nutrition team, as part of St. Joseph Mercy Hospital, we are... We have a unique role. It's very different than taking care of athletes. Um, as you know, many patients who contract COVID-19 require help breathing with a ventilator. And so when they're on the ventilator, they're not able to eat. So we have to feed them uh, with a feeding tube. So nutrition is so incredibly important for helping patients fight you know, the disease. So our team of clinical dietitians are taking care of these patients on the front line. And, you know, unfortunately, when you work in a hospital, um, you are exposed to uh, a lot of different, <laughs> different bacteria and viruses and germs. So it's, um, it's really challenging for everybody working in the hospital. And that's why we're so grateful for everybody's help staying at home and trying to flatten our curve. When it's interesting because, you know, we hear things on the news or people that are following us through, uh, through newspapers or the internet or wherever they get their information these days. And uh, the risk that health workers are at definitely seems to be enormous. Uh, when you, when this first began and it first started and it looked like it was heading towards the, to director to trajectory, pardon me, of of a pandemic. Uh, I know you took precautions. I guess people are out there thinking, how how in the heck did Lisa McDowell contract COVID nineteen? Yeah, you know, I think everybody who has contracted it is wondering the same thing. And you know, I I've had some recent travel. Um, I believe I was exposed after our last home game, which was a Monday night. Um, and so as soon as I found out I was positive, it took a long time to get the test results back. And, uh, when I did get them back, I let, um, Steve Iserman and Jeff Blaschel know, um, I didn't think it was an exposure risk to the team because I, I did not go on that Washington trip. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's, you know, it's really, it's a challenge, um, 
I think today the numbers were that we're approaching 3 million cases worldwide with um, almost 200,000 people not surviving. So it's become the leading cause of death uh, in the United States, which un- wow. unbelievably has passed cancer and heart, heart attacks. So in Michigan alone, he has over 36,000 people diagnosed. Um, but the, the most heart-wrenching number, I think impacting all of us, is that Wayne County is number three in the nation for mortality. And I think Oakland County was number 12. So this is hitting all of us together in our own, you know, backyard. There's, there's just uh, so many inspiring stories um, to see with everybody, you know, staying home and helping the healthcare workers and the hospital systems. Like I said, we're definitely starting to see the curve flatten in, in the hospital um, but we still have over a thousand people being diagnosed every day in Michigan still, and we lose over a hundred people every day. I know personally from staff who are friends, we, we have some of our physicians and nurses that they're camping out in their backyards in a tent so that they don't expose their family members. And some are living in their basement away from their families so that they can protect the spread of the virus to their family members. Um, so everybody's being very careful and we're just all impacted in such a variety of ways. Uh, loss of health, uh, financial security, um, these are at the top and those are the two basic needs that everybody has, health and right. financial security. So even you know we feel like we're isolated, um, I think we have to see it as we're physically distanced from each other, but finding creative ways to connect with, you know, friends and family over Zoom or FaceTime, you know, to have some eye contact, looking in, you know, checking in on everybody to make sure they're okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm real curious. I know that when you you contacted the Red Wings and, you know, obviously I know Steve and uh, Steve Eiserman and Jeff Blaschel, um, I'm sure first and foremost, they were very concerned for your health. And, um, it's, I think what's been pretty amazing here and I, and I'm just going to say it is the way that the Red Wings, uh, have really banded together in the Tigers, actually the, all the whole Illich organization really to, uh, uh, make sure number one, that their employees are good and safe and doing everything for them, but also the way that they have reached out to the, uh, the, the, the community, whether it's Jimmy Howard, uh, I yeah. love, you know, he's always behind the mask. So he donates 50,000 masks. Dylan Larkin and his father, yeah. Kevin, getting involved. Obviously, Justin Abdicator and his wife, guys doing readings and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I guess what this is leading up to, I'm really kind of curious, Red Wings' reaction to to what was going on uh, and, um, you know, what they, you know, how they have probably supported you, I would imagine, through this. And then what did you have to do? I mean, you, you know, when you're talking like... Uh, doctors and nurses sleeping out in their backyards to protect their family. Were you quarantined from your family during this? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think the response from the organization, from the Tigers and the Detroit Red Wings, the examples, they're literally daily tear jerkers for me because you see people feeling like, they want to control a situation where we're used to controlling every detail and this is something beyond our control, but yet people finding ways to step up. I know the coaches and families, players, their, their wives and girlfriends donating food to so many different hospitals um, to feed the frontline workers. And like you said, Jimmy donating the N95 masks which are so crucial for our protection and, and Dylan with the, you know, 50,000 gloves, um, Abby donating, you know, the food. And I, I know uh, Coach Blaschel gave video messages to our hospital. And, you know, on a personal level, I, I was very grateful for the text just <laughs> asking, hey, are you still alive? Are you doing okay? Do you need anything? <laughs> um I we we had uh, a dear friend and colleague um, at the hospital who was in really rough shape in in the ICU and friends asking from the team what they could do and I said you know prayers for this friend who w- was fighting for his life and I have to just share like Luke Glendening 
doesn't even know this person and sent, you know, texts asking, you know, did he get out of the ICU? Is he doing better? And so everybody just feels it at a gut-wrenching level because it, it just has impacted all of us. I mean, even our sponsors like Carhartt began making PPE. So everybody has just stepped up. And I mean, seriously, our, we work for a company that now has its own hashtag, pie it forward, <laughs> the pie, the pie, giving pizza pies um, to healthcare workers. It's just so unbelievable. I think out of everything I've seen, hashtag pie it forward might be my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that, that is, that's, that's excellent. And I compliment whomever came up with that. Uh, Lisa, let's get back because I know that people really want to hear about your story. You contact Steve, you contact Jeff. Uh, you know, they're, they're sending you texts. They're checking up on you. Um, you. You're tested positive. Were you feeling bad right away? Because we hear so much about 80% of the people don't even know they have it or it's so low, they're, they're, they just don't know. Uh, and they almost go on with their daily lives. Was this something that hit you almost immediately? Can you explain it when you knew, oh, my gosh, I've got COVID-19 and this isn't going away anytime soon? Yeah. Um, per, so per, personally, uh, you know, very quickly, I, I had all of the classic symptoms. Um, I woke up with 104.7 fever and it didn't go away for nine wow. days. So I was really sick and um, I had a low pulse oxygen reading. Um, so d difficulty getting deep breaths, very shallow and really interesting. We, we wear... Um, uh, there's certain wearables that can measure things like respiratory rate, temperature, heart rate variability. And I woke up, um, you know, go, getting ready for work to go into the hospital. And I checked, uh, I, I wear one that's called the Aura Ring. Mm -hmm. And I checked, um, I always check to see my sleep data. And I looked and it said that my temperature was five degrees higher Fahrenheit than my usual temperature. And I thought, oh, well, that's why I don't feel so great. Yeah. And then, then I went to make a, um, a cup of tea and I, I couldn't taste anything. And so I lost my sense of taste, my sense of smell. I had a high fever and then difficulty breathing. And, and I tried to just stay at home and rest. Um, and it just wasn't getting better. And talking about, you know, having a, a team I, I also have a lot of really great friends um, at the hospital, and one of my physician friends drove over to my house and literally threw me in the car and drove me to the emergency room. Um, and I, you know, I'm forever indebted for the help. Um, I, I can't even describe how grateful I am for the people who showed up, knowing that I I was diagnosed with this, and they dropped off homemade soup and cookies and muffins and Buddha bowls, lasagna, even blankets and toilet paper. I mean, thank God for the toilet paper because so many people were hoarding it, which is a perfect example of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We all got so afraid we ran out of toilet paper. So, um, so I, I just stayed home. I, I had the luxury of having um, access to that home pulse oximeter to see if I needed, um, you know, to go back into the hospital and just had the, the breathing support and everything at home. So I was very grateful, um, was home isolated. Um, my, unfortunately, my, my son was home with me. <laughs> and so he had to put up with um, the, the just chronic constant coughing that was just nonstop. Um, but what was most difficult for me was not being able to be there for, for the rest of my family. And I have parents who live close by who are elderly, and um, they're very afraid. And so my brother and his wife have been taking care of them. I have a daughter graduating. And, and you know, everybody has their own heartbreak, right, their own right. stories. You know, she's worked so hard. And to be robbed of that moment of walking, you know, across the stage is just terrible. So... But again, the amount of support from the community is just incredible. The stories that we hear. And I know, you know, at the hospital, um, 
we actually have a farm, and I think I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but St. Joe was the first hospital to have a farm on campus in the entire country. So we have a 25-acre farm, and we're growing produce to help patients um, get better and to feed our community. And the farm is just amazing. And I, I've had um, the privilege of being part of that project and benefiting from the produce grown there and getting a share every week of, um, of the produce, which is only healing. I mean, let's face it, we can only eat so many donuts, right? Right. Oh, so, yeah. So right now our farm is providing um, produce to frontline workers, to the providers. So staff can take home, you know, bags of greens and spinach and apples and really just delicious produce um, to help nourish them and help their immune system protect them as as they're, um, you know, all garbed up against this COVID-19, which is such a wicked virus. Uh, Lisa, I I, I want to go back, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the, I ain't no genius, but I guess what I, I'm trying to find out here is, is that, okay, you're pretty much quarantined with your son. You're separated from the rest of your family. Um, wh- what do you, are, are you laying around? Are you just testing? Because without a vaccine, and this is where me not being a genius comes in, what can you actually do, or do you just have to lay low and kind of let this play itself out? Is there something that if you do have it, either it, it supplements or cough medicine even? You know, I, I just don't know, uh, and, and I'm really, really curious. What was your procedure to get back to good health? Well, the, the advice was to, to force yourself, you know, to do things that you don't maybe want to do. And so I, I really tried, I I was very, very sick. Um, it was super scary. Um, and I listened to, you know, the providers who were saying, you know, you get, get up and you got to try to eat and you have to drink. But there were a few times, um, there that I, I was very worried and, um, I, I, I took a lot of vitamin C. I took some extra zinc and um, the cough medicine and, and the breathing treatments and the um, inhalers and, and the things that were prescribed to me. But the virus is is very aggressive and it wants you to just lay down and uh, die. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! So uh, you gotta keep getting up. But I would say I was I was down for over ten days. Um, not not really able to do anything. It, it was hard. So, Lisa, I know that you really wanted to get back to work, but I, I want to take a step back before we get into specifics because uh, you're on the road to recovery. Uh, when did you start getting better? Was it coughing less, or when did you know that you you had turned the corner? Well, I felt like a million bucks once the fever was gone and then the the cough started to fade and I was able to get retested at the hospital to be able to return to work. So I am back at work at the hospital and um, I think April 2nd was when I finally went back and I believe um, I got my first test on April 17th, but I didn't get the results till April I'm sorry, March 17th, and I didn't get the results until March 23rd. So it was from March 17th until like April 2nd. Wow. So that's that's a good uh, at least couple weeks, if not almost three-week period. uh, Yeah. And and when you say um, breathing treatments... Um, you were not on on a respirator. You, it oh was, no, no, no. It, it was more a, a nebulizer or something like yeah, that. I, yes, I, I was definitely one of the lucky ones that didn't require that. Um, you know, they they um, monitor your ability to to oxygenate with this pulse oximeter, and I was okay, so I did not need to go on a ventilator. Thank goodness. Well, that that's just great news. As you said, you know, when, when I talked to you, when you got better, I, I was hesitant to contact you, even to check in, because I figured, well, she's going through something. She, I know you have a great support staff, not only through through the Red Wings and work, but with your family. And, uh, uh, you know, you were really always on my thoughts and minds, because I think if one thing, 
there seems to be a general feeling of helplessness through people because it's a pandemic. We don't know really what to do, especially those of us who are, are not healthcare professionals. But uh, I, I would imagine talking to you and some of the things you've said, reaching out to somebody is probably the best thing that you can do during these times. Yeah, I, I think people just have no idea how much it means. You know, everybody is wired differently. So hockey players, they want to compete. Um, engineers want to build. But healthcare workers at the end of the day they just want to help and um it's it, it's uh, um unprecedented what is happening you know looking at the the death rates and it's just so overwhelming and so reaching out with just a text even you know something that has a little bit of levity like are you still alive um <laughs> when 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 i when i was very sick i um, you know, I, I reached out to, to friends and, um, I, again, I'm just, just so grateful for all the different gestures that were sent my way that, that really made me feel, um, you know, loved. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you, you certainly are. I mean, you know, we've been friends for a long time. As I said, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy, uh, that, that, that you're feeling better and that you're doing well. I, I can, Sometimes hear a, a little bit lingering of a cough and and that, but uh, uh, I, I, I I'm glad that you're okay. I, I, at least I can't uh, uh, you know stress that enough, and I'm so glad that, you, that we're doing this podcast today. I, I want to kind of you've given an idea of what you've gone through, and I know that as you said, you're a healthcare worker. All you want to do is really help, and I'm kind of curious uh, that. The Red Wings, as you said, they're competitive. Have you had to come up with any kind of special diet or nutrition or plan for these guys because they're working out as much as they can, but they're they're not able to skate? I mean, so is, is right. nutrition vitally important because they're limited in what they can do physically? Yeah, I, I've definitely... Um shared a lot of meal plans and recipes, you know, particularly with our develop, our development players. This is a really great time for them to focus on uh, their lean body mass and some of their goals and targets that they've been given by our development um, leaders in the, in the organization. And so I get various text messages, um, you know, asking to, to give some special attention to certain players who um, have specific targets. And I can tell from our Detroit Red Wing players that many of them are really utilizing this time to, to dive deeply into some of the details and kind of like perfecting the shopping list even. Um, it's funny because um, you can tell where people are at <laughs> mentally by some of the things that I'm getting asked about. And so I think I've made jokes about Danny DeKaiser in the past uh, sending messages, you know, what ice cream is the best? And because he's so lean, ice cream is on his uh, meal plan. But, um, you know, he was looking for information about what's the best salad dressing, what are the best oils to cook with. And so this has been a really great time to um, share with um, our players some of the better products that are out there, um, helping to tweak a shopping list um, or ingredient substitutions when we can't find all the ingredients because everybody has decided, you know, to bake bread. Um, <laughs> so, so it, you know, and, and I think more people might be spending time on social media. Um, I know I've been receiving my own screen notifications, which are quite alarming for how much time, you know, we're on our phones. Right. But, but I think it's really important to understand who's providing the advice. And there's a lot of influencers out there who are actually receiving a paycheck and getting money to push products or ideas. And I know that our, our team is very much grounded in science and they are conditioned to understand um, what is best for them. They, they realize that there's a lot of people, you know, selling fringe ideas 
on Instagram. And so I think that's a really important point that, you know, our listeners can can learn from that everything that's out there certainly isn't grounded in science. I personally do not accept one penny from anybody in the industry selling anything. Um, So when I'm researching products like for Danny, you know, what's the best olive oil? I'm, I'm not gearing him to purchase something because I'm, you know, (laughs) working for that company. So, so it's definitely an objective recommendation. And so I think that's, what's nice to know um, that our players can come and get the information that they need specific to them, their individual goals, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, weight maintenance, um, lean body mass gains, things like that. So they're doing everything that they can do to control the controllables, right? So when the season starts, they've overcome so many obstacles very creatively. I saw Jonathan Bernier, you know, doing squats with his son on his shoulders and his baby in his hands, <laughs> which is really, you know, incredible. so he, he didn't have kettleballs yet, I think he said. So he, he found a way to continue his training creatively. And I think watching our social media has been so refreshing because you can kind of see how our, our own team is managing this pandemic and the social um, stay-at-home order. Uh, exactly. I mean, Joe Valena, one of the uh, one of our prospects, one of our bloggers on our Taking Flight series, you know, he posted something of him and with a I don't know what how heavy this weight was, but it was a weight that should be on a, a you know on a bench press or something, and he's pulling it up a hill. Uh, right. You know, so I mean, they're all doing that. You know, you said something that's really interesting because I you know I love the way you termed it. So. Uh, you're not like uh, getting any kind of uh, kickbacks from anybody like uh, Aunt Helen's extra virgin olive oil or something, you know, if, <laughs> if, 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 if you're saying, nope. yeah, if you're, if you're saying something, it, it, it's because you believe in it, you believe in the product and you're not getting anything from that, which is interesting because I want to get back before we get into some of the healthy things and nutrition that, that people should be looking at. Um, at this point, and based on what you're telling me, and I know, uh, Lisa, you're going to tell me, and Lisa McDowell, the uh, uh, team nutritionist for the Red Wings, is on uh, uh, is on this episode. A very familiar voice on the Red and White Authority. She's also the Director of Clinical Nutrition and Wellness for the St. Joseph Mercy uh, Health System. Uh, is, is that if somebody is not feeling good or feeling right or trying to seek advice, I would imagine, and this is coming from me and me only, uh, that you should go see a doctor or 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 somebody that you know, either if you have a family physician or a urgent care clinic, or see somebody who is trained in this field instead of trying to piece together and be your own self-sufficient. Of uh, uh, physician yes. uh, through the internet, which you know a lot of us do. You know, WebMD. Yep. You know, oh, WebMD. Oh my gosh, I never knew it, but you know, I have such and such. I know, and I listened to your episode with Dr. Colucci and Dr. Bauer, and you know, they they're so um, eloquent in their their recommendation that all of the emergency rooms. We, we all have it down on how to separate patients that are at risk for a COVID diagnosis versus somebody coming in with chest pain. And we should all be seeking medical help. And um, there's a lot of virtual consults being offered to patients at home. Um, so if you know you have something that you're not quite certain of, I know like even Dr. Plagans, um, everybody's looking at these virtual consultations to decide um, a triage, whether you need to come in, but you're right. We shouldn't be self-diagnosing. We should be looking to our primary care doctor. Um, if, if somebody doesn't have a primary care doctor, um, you know, calling one of the health systems to, to arrange that or the emergency room to see if they need to be seen, but not trying to manage it at home because it can go, th- th- we see with this virus, it can go south very quickly. Um, the, the, the breathing problems can, can happen quite fast. And so it's really important to seek the medical attention and not diagnose yourself at home. I was really grateful for my friend who, you know, took me to the emergency room. 
Right, and, and and you you're a healthcare professional. Yet you know you had to have a buddy of yours come over and say we're going. Yeah, you know? I, I just I I didn't have the energy to drive myself. I was not in good shape. Wow, geez, that is because I know how you take care of yourself. I see you interact with the players. Uh, you know, heck, all the the development camps and the prospects and uh, uh, you know prospects tournament. I mean, you you are. Uh, right there on the front lines as far as health and nutrition. And I, I guess it's a good cautionary tale for everybody listening out there, regardless of where you are in life or how good you think you feel or that you're doing the right thing. You've got to be aware and listen to your body. For sure. And, you know, the virus doesn't discriminate. If it, <laughs> if it gets in, it gets in. So I think, um, you know, this, this is a great time for our, all of our listeners to, to look at our own routines and see how we can best su- support our immune system so that we're setting ourselves up, uh, you know, optimally to, to, you know, there's so many people who have had the virus who didn't even know they had it. And so their immune system was so in- incredibly powerful, <laughs> you know, the, the, the lucky ones um, who, who've had it, who didn't know that they even had the diagnosis. Um, so looking at our own routines, our own habits, um, this is a good time to, to take inventory of the day, right? And see, right. Wh- you know, where can we maybe do a, a little bit of a better job? They say that um, I think it's 66 days for a habit to stick. And we're on day 34 of our stay at home <laughs> executive right. order in, in Michigan. So a lot of people have many extra hours. Um, and it's funny because I've, I've worked with some, some athletes who were supposed to go to the Olympics this summer. You know, imagine having that devastating news, um, you know, some you know, swimmers who can't even swim because the pools are closed, um, a, a couple who are supposed to do the Boston Marathon. Um, and I have other um, colleagues and friends who I've tried to help who they want to improve their health and they spend so much time like researching the best pair of shoes or, um, you know, what's the best watch to buy. So instead of, you know, doing that, like just take action and just go, just, just get started on, on the habit that you want to, you know, to hardwire into your routine. Um, 50% of what we do in a day is out of habit. So this is a really optimal time, you know, to look at our routines. Um, like, like we compare the pro athletes and how they're, routines are so incredibly dialed in and hardwired. You know, it's a grind day after day. They repeat them. The the food that they make sure is on their plate every single day to support their training needs. It's true for our own health. Um, I've taken care of a lot of people who have told me that all the money in the world doesn't matter if they don't have health or connection to others, that the, the money just doesn't matter. And so, priorities, you know, looking how we filled our days before the pandemic. So many people just fill it with busyness because they don't want to spend the time kind of tackling the hard things. Um, I know some of the the experts out there recommend doing your um, big rocks, they call them, the hard tasks early in the morning um, and getting things done. And then that sets the tone for a more productive day so much research on getting out in nature or just going for a walk. So it's, it's a good time to, I guess, put your day up for review to see how you're doing. Um, those who are struggling with sadness or depression, you know, we know that depression hates a moving target and mood follows action. And for some, it's enough um, to go for a walk or to get out on a trail with some trees. Um, you know, sometimes, Netflix doesn't fill that void and right. uh, maybe maybe going for a walk might fill the void. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I love the way you put that. Um, instead of concentrating on material things, perhaps the things we should all be concentrating on right now are the materials we're putting into our body. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, I'm taking the, uh, 
uh, you know, the vitamin C. I, I love gummies, uh, Lisa, mm -hmm. as you know, and, and I know you're supposed to take like maybe three gummy vitamin C and, uh, you know, elderberry and all that kind of stuff because I like them so much. Um, instead of taking three gummy uh, vitamin C, shall we say, a day, I take like 15 or 16 because they taste so good. Am I on the verge of ODing on vitamin C or is no. there too no. much? There's no, no such thing as too much, no. right? No, you're okay on the vitamin C. Um, vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin. And if you have functioning kidneys, then there's not much of a concern because it will just, uh, you'll pee it out um, if, it's, if it's more than what you need. So vi vitamin C has some interesting data with COVID-19. And in China, they, they have studied some very high doses that were given through an IV. Now, this is experimental and right. it's, you know, not, not a proven therapy, but it's being studied now in the United States. I know that I had no appetite and my taste buds were completely off, but I was craving oranges and I was also chewing the vitamin C gummies. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I think there's something to be said. Um, there, there's a few specific nutrients that have been called out for helping our immune system. Um, vitamin C is one of them, um, zinc, uh, quercetin, and then vitamin D as well, um, not having a vitamin D deficiency. So very interesting, um, also getting proper sleep. That has been you know, shown to be so protective for our immune system. So many diseases stem from inflammation. And if you have what they call an acute inflammatory response, let's say like you bump your knee, um, and when that happens, that, that's considered acute. But if you have a chronic low-level inflammation or maybe an autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis, um, that these chronic conditions with uh, inflammation have certain biomarkers that we can see. One is called a high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. But there are others like interleukin-1 and 4 and 6 and tumor necrosis factor. There's a whole bunch of markers of inflammation that we know can be impacted by what we put on our plate. So we always recommend that what you include in your day on your, on your plates is as important as what you exclude because when you get the good quality foods in, it kind of crowds out the bad stuff. And again, you like feel better. And when you eat something um, that is fresh, whole food, not processed, you tend to um, have more energy, more focus, and uh, just overall a better day. I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I, I think most of us are familiar with vitamin, uh, uh, vitamin C. Uh, you know, I take, a, I take a couple of zinc tablets a day. Uh, you know, vitamin D is the, the sunlight. They say that that, especially in the wintertime here in Michigan, that's probably important for people maybe to take a supplement of that. Um, I, I'm not familiar with quercetin or quercetin. What, what, exactly what is that? And is that a supplement I would have to purchase? Or do I get that naturally in, uh, you know, kale or, uh, you know, refried beans or something? Yeah, so it's a great question. Uh, all of the recommendations for zinc and vitamin C, the things that help protect us and support our immune system, do not need to be taken in a supplement. We absolutely can get everything that we need from, from the food that we eat and choose. So like for example, the vitamin C, uh, tomatoes, melon, citrus fruits, broccoli, cauliflower, guava, peppers, kale, Brussels sprouts, all have vitamin C, right? Uh, zinc Great. can be found in whole grains, nuts, seeds, our proteins, shellfish, oats. Um, so we don't need to take a supplement. Quercetin is a phytochemical that's found in onions, um, garlic, let's see, capers, fennel, berries, cherries, apples, um, radishes. I'm just going from memory here. So that's good. The, the, <laughs> and, you know, there, there are other polyphenols and phytochemicals. If we think, and I know those are like big words and uninteresting, but if you think about deeply pigmented fruits and vegetables and whole grains, the darker those pigments, um, they have unique characteristics. So um, like catechins are found in green tea. So there's this 
Um, it's called EGCG, Epogallocatechin gallate, I think. <laughs> it's found in green tea, but it's a very potent phytochemical that supports our immune system. So if you think, you know, how can you hardwire your immune system to get great choices in every day? So green tea um, for the EGCG, the leafy greens like spinach, um, kale, arugula, um, the anthocyanins from like the tart cherry juice or, or dried cherries um, or cherries, the onions, the cabbages, uh, pomegranates. Um, some of these foods are just so different than processed food. And right. I, I know I've, I've used the comparison before, but a, a blueberry is very different than a Skittle or Bucky Charm cereal. You're getting these whole food nutrients that allow us to um, enhance our immune system by taming inflammation. And inflammation, not just important for COVID-19, but important for all diseases, heart disease, every cancer, everything, um, you know, stems from a result of this uh, low level inflammation. Yeah, it's it's interesting you would say that because I've been guilty of this in the past and on every podcast that you've been on, I think this is at least at least your fifth appearance, if not six, is that you always talk about eating the rainbow. And, you know, I was eating Skittles because they're very they're very delicious and they're colorful. But you just said <laughs> that's something that hold off on the sugar, hold off on the candy, hold off on all of that. And really eating the rainbow uh, you can't go wrong. Now, there's a lot of people out there listening and saying, okay, Lisa, I, I, you know, maybe I get curbside service at, at from a grocery store or, uh, uh, you know, I, I do go to the pharmacy to pick up some prescriptions that I have. Uh, and I also know, and I guess I should be saying this, that you have developed, I think, a, a program to uh, uh, boost immune, the immune system for people, healthcare people at at Saint at, in Saint Joe's health system, there some of your colleagues. So, if you could maybe recommend what people who are listening for the first time have really not paid attention, perhaps to uh, uh, to their what they're putting in their body like they should, or, or are less aware than some of others. What can they do beginning today, not only to try to combat um, COVID nineteen, but to begin a healthier lifestyle? I think the number one thing people can do today is to take um, inventory of what's in the house. Because if 50% of our choices are a result of our habits, then you can open your refrigerator in, in your cupboards to see what is your supply chain because we're only as good as our supply chain. What we bring in the house is what we end up eating. I find this recommendation to be incredibly important because this is where you can understand where opportunity lives and how you can tweak your grocery list so that you have the right things in the house. I personally find that it is incredibly helpful to do a meal prep day, one day a week. And I have found this to be true. Um, um, the concept of like a Buddha bowl, where maybe on Sunday, you roast sweet potatoes or regular potatoes, broccoli, cauliflower, um, you know, whatever vegetables you like. Asparagus is in season now, Brussels sprouts. And I usually do six different sheet pans of vegetables on Sunday. And doing that allows you to have trays in your refrigerator of these vegetables that will last you all week. And then at the same time, those are roasting on, on the stove. I have boiling water on four different burners for making quinoa, rice, lentils. So, so you've got your grains going as well. And, and, and you're never going to get bored. If you can hardwire the irresistible, delicious choices to be readily available in the refrigerator, you're more likely to pull those out. And so then maybe all you need to do is make a side of avocados um, to put on top or if, if you like wild Alaskan salmon or um, a chicken breast, then you, you have a full meal with protein, carbohydrate, and fat that tastes so good. 
And, and you actually are craving that because at the time when you're hungry, you're not ever going to turn on the oven and wait, you know, 90 minutes to roast vegetables. Right, right, <laughs> you you right. want it now. So, so much goes into the planning of how you operationalize those good choices to be hardwired. Um, same thing for breakfast. I'm, I'm a big fan of like the overnight oats or the oatmeal. But you amp it up by by taking the frozen blueberries out of the freezer and putting those into the overnight oats with a shaker of cinnamon, maybe a teaspoon of chia seeds and flax seeds and topping it with walnuts. And then you have a real complete breakfast. Um, So it's just a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of planning and having the right supply chain. You you know, you said something. First of all, I, I... It must, you must be a lot of fun on Sundays at your house. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of activity just sitting there watching you uh, ro- roast vegetables and boil water. What, what, what a good time. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. Hey, it's a stress reliever. I like to chop. I, I get my CSA share from the farm at St. Joe, and then I like to chop everything up and roast it because everything tastes better roasted. Right. Well, good. All right. Hey, I'm I'm writing this stuff down. You know. I, okay. And, and I'm going to tell. Try all, it. I'm, I'm going to tell all the audience out there. If you don't have your notebook and pen uh, right now, you better go get it because Lisa is definitely giving us a lot of a, a lot of uh, <laughs> great great information here. Uh, so so at this point, uh, eating healthy. Uh, are there are some quick and inexpensive meals? You know, the one thing that, that people tell me every time I try to turn my lifestyle around and not go to the dollar menu or whatever, it just seems everything is so expensive and Mm -hmm. that, you you know, and especially now with, uh, and with so many people, unfortunately being temporary laid off and, you know, finances are a little bit tight. What can people do? to try to, you know, under the circumstances, something that might be quick and easy and good for them? Well, because we just celebrated Earth Day, I have to say, looking for local, um, supporting our farmers, joining uh, a, a community agriculture share, uh getting a farm market uh, bag of produce. Um, everybody has them online now since we can't go to the markets because we're quarantined. But looking at your local stores, um, some of the bigger box stores, they sell giant bags of frozen berries. And and I I don't necessarily agree that it is more expensive if you plan out your shopping and and maybe purchase at some of the stores that are able to get, um, you know, some of the better ingredients and, and what they're known for without mentioning all the different stores. Um, that they're able to source to to Michigan farmers, which is so important for our economy. I think our part of the problem with the etiology of COVID-19 is our food system. You know, how, how are we taking care of the environment? And not to go off on a tangent, but our use of glyphosates and pesticides and the amount of um, animal runoff and, you know, the fact that we're killing off our honeybees and um, the the experts believe that the source of COVID-19 came from eating bats. So these live animal, um, you know, markets in China potentially being the source, you know, we rethinking our plate. How, how can we feed our bodies in a way that is sustainable, that also feeds the earth? without it being too expensive. Um, So I think some of the top ingredients that help our immune system are not necessarily that expensive. And particularly things like oats. Oats are so high in fiber and beta-glucan. They they help us feel so full. Um, Broccoli, a whole watermelon in the summer you can get for $2.99 when it's in season. You know, there's definitely eating seasonally is less expensive. I I just saw asparagus for 99 cents um, online for shopping. Um, So, you know, definitely buying in bulk the things like chia seeds, flax seeds, cashews, pistachios, um, almonds, getting those in the big bags in bulk, the frozen fruit in bulk. Frozen vegetables are fine. They even have avocados now that are already chopped up and you can buy frozen. 
um, or the cups of guacamole. Um, so I, I think looking for creative strategies and um, looking for resources uh, online that support recipes that don't call for fancy ingredients. Now is not the time for that. Like we're just looking to try to reduce the refined carbohydrates, all the extra sugar in our diet, the, the saturated fats or the um, hydrogenated oils that we know result in higher inflammation, you know, avoiding, avoiding those ingredients to make room for the better ingredients that can help us tame our inflammation. You know, you, you brought up something really interesting where, uh, and, I, and I guess I maybe should have said, the perception is eating healthy is more expensive. You have just proven that that is not the case. And like any good shopper, you have to shop. You have to right. really do do some research and and look through things. And, you know, and I love that analogy that you gave. If you're looking for the uh, even if you're looking for like the best watch available, you're still looking for the best watch available at a decent price. Where can I get the best deal? And that's essentially what we have to do when we're thinking about uh, about our food and nutrition. Uh, another thing that you touched upon is that for a long time, I was under the impression frozen food nutritionally is not as good. I it, Now, that's pretty much an old wives' tale, too, that frozen vegetables or frozen fruit nutritionally, uh, where does that stack up against if you go out and buy it fresh? Yeah, no, that, that's simply just not true. Our um, frozen produce is picked at the peak of ripeness and frozen right away. So you absolutely can uh, default to the frozen, especially, you know, during this pandemic when it may be more difficult to uh, find the fresh produce because everybody is, you know, trying to, um, to, you know, buy, buy what they need. So also the, the one um, food I didn't mention was the use of probiotics. And yes. get, get, you know, getting them in your food. So things like kombucha tea, fermented vegetables like sauerkraut or Greek yogurt, miso soup, um, you know, a, a lot of, uh, we, we had kombucha tea on tap in our locker room. And so I had a few people reach out asking how they could get their kombucha supply because they were used to doing that to support their immune system. You know, there, there's just so many different things that play into our immune health, and it's not just food. And so I don't want to overstate how, you know, food impacts our inflammatory markers. But I, I can say that um, we, we look to populations around the world that live to 100 and beyond, and we learn from some of the best practices. And we know that sleeping well is so important moving more. And, and these have been studied um, in response to inflammation. And so inflammation being linked, like I said, to every disease process um, can be impacted by even laughter. So people who have a connection with others and they laugh um, have lower inflammation. Getting out in nature, um, having some physical activity, good movement, Good sleep and, and even sex helps to build a stronger immune system. All right. Well, I, I think you've just perked up the audience a little bit yeah. here, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it only it only took about forty minutes in, but what the heck? Uh, you know, we, we we've gone from G to PG at this point. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I you know, I, it's it's so great just to hear your voice and to hear you laughing and, and engaging with you, considering. Um, what you've gone through. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this. You always, you know, are bringing just a wealth of information um, uh, to, to, to each and every one of us. Uh, uh, probiotics, um, I, I, there's so, we get so bombarded with things and, and, and I want to switch gears a little bit and you, you t about exercise. Now, I know you're a nutritionist, but I know that you, that you walk and, you know, most of the games that you play uh, with your family, even on Christmas are like, I don't know. Let's run a mile and see who can do it fastest or something. But, <laughs> but, but, but with that said, at, at this point where we have to social distance and if we're going out in public, we have to wear a mask now. And uh, until this is uh, until this pandemic is, you know, the curve is flattened and it, it's getting under control. Um, but for people that want any kind of physical activity and 
I would imagine just taking a good brisk walk is is still a good idea. I mean, there there are things that you can do if you don't have a home gym at home or uh, you know some some of the uh, exercise equipment that you know is readily available for your house. Uh, but staying physically active and walking has seems to be something that. We all, you know, most of us can do or, or something that to, to get outside and at least be physically active. Yeah, and actually there's studies that show that walking, especially when done with a friend or family member, um, is is more beneficial than some of the harder core exercises. So you don't have to have a structured plan, you know, filled with deadlifts and burpees or push-ups, it can simply just be walking and gardening or swimming and dancing, yoga, bike riding, you know, just stacking the deck in favor of more movement in the day um, will allow you to enjoy the benefits of improved immune function and also increasing longevity by as much as 20 high quality extra years in life. So it's really important to, to find something you love and stay active for me, walking and running in nature is just, uh, you know, breathing the fresh air, enjoying the green space. Y you can feel the cortisol stress levels drop when you're out there. And when you're done, you just feel so much more energetic and calm and focused. Last week when I was talking to uh, uh, Dr. Colucci and Dr. Bauer on the podcast uh, about how society we, we're going to have to make maybe a, a, a huge change when historians look back at this time, that this will be a point in the history of the world, not just the United States or North America, including our, our, our great Canadian friends as well, that what kind of lifestyle change, and I know this is kind of a difficult question for you, Lisa, how do you think we are going to change as a people? Because obviously going through a pandemic, I would imagine we're going to have to change in some ways. I, I agree. I, I'm focused on our food system and I have a personal mission to use my <laughs> wonderful jobs at both the hospital and with the Detroit Red Wings and our partnership with St. Joe and the Detroit Red Wings to, to bring the messages out of the hospital into the community to help people navigate the tricky things that are out there, um, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing products, the lipstick on a pig, you know, the, the food industry trying to um, send health halo messages that aren't real, to, to, to cut all of that out and to find easy ways for people to understand what is best for their health. Um, and again, not being influenced by industry, but where is the science? More than ever, science matters. It matters for our environment because look at this pandemic that has resulted from some of the things that we've, you know, choices that we've made. Um, I've used this time to brush up my skills, uh, reading books. Um, I, I've read a really great one by uh, James Clear called Atomic Habits, looking at how, how we really can improve our habits to um impact our health in a really positive way. Um, one by Dr. Walker called Why We Sleep, which is great. Um, and then one um, by Ryan Holiday on, on just, um, it's called Finding Stillness Amongst Chaos. And wow. uh, these these books have just given really great messages. And, and if the audience likes podcasts, you could Google all of those authors on podcasts and you can listen to interviews and, and they're life changing to understand a little bit more about sleep, you know, get, getting the REM sleep and the deep sleep because we recover emotionally when we get good REM sleep. We recover physically when we get our deep sleep. And so if we're cutting our night short, you know, we're, we're not recovering and you, you can eat perfectly. But if your sleep is suffering, everything is a balance. We, we really need to pay attention to all of the variables that have been studied that show, you know, that they enhance our health the most. But I can't end the podcast without saying we also need to make sure we're not mixing bleach in any of our food. Okay, <laughs> There's yeah, been right. an increase in poisonings and we do not need to bleach our food. And in fact, it's very dangerous. 
and never mix bleach with uh, vinegar. Yes, uh, ch chances are if if you have never done it before in your life, don't start now. Uh, never, <laughs> never, never. Lisa, uh, right now, where do you stand on your recovery as we wrap this up of COVID-19? I mean, uh, you're back at work. I know that you're taking all the precautions. I would imagine that you want people to practice social distancing, wear a mask when you're outside, wear gloves too, perhaps, if you're going to be touching stuff. Don't touch your face, all that kind of stuff. But personally... Uh, are you 90% back? Are you 100% back? And I would imagine that you have to be a little apprehensive uh, going back yeah. to the hospital. I'm, I'm definitely feeling so grateful. Um, I, I am, I am um, back. I'm eager to help other people. I'm a little freaked out. <laughs> um, the, the World Health Organization and the CDC don't know what level of protection we have from having it. Um, I know that the Red Cross has asked for my plasma because one plasma donation can help three people who are critically ill. Um, in our hospital at St. Joe in Ann Arbor, we have done one, it's called um, a plasma infusion. It's convalescent serum that can help people who are so sick. Wow. We've helped one person you know, turn around. Um, so we're a study center for plasma and also for remdesivir. So looking, we, we don't know that the best plan for helping people, but we're, we're, we're there, we're present, we're there to help people who are sick. And I'm, I'm here to do my part in any way I can. And uh, as soon as my um, in, inflammatory response is down, the immunoglobulins are ready, um, then I have the antibodies that can help others and can donate plasma. Well, I am contacted. I've told you this before. I'm O negative, so I am contacted by the Red Cross and do the old double reds as often as I can. And, you know, we can all do our part, whether it's just listening uh, to, you know, adhering to social distancing. I know I hey, I know it blows. I, I, I'm the first one to admit. I mean, I, I'm a gregarious person. I love people. I love to go out. I love to interact. I mean, you know, I my whole life I've been in these massive stadiums and <laughs> covered things. And, you know, I like crowds and all that. But even giving blood is, is something we can all do our part and we, we just have to be patient and be resilient and just we'll just get through it. I mean, we you know, there are certain things that we have to do. We have to stay uh, disciplined and maybe with a little bit of a sense of humor, uh, hopefully. And I don't know exactly when that'll be. Maybe it'll be when we have a, 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 a true vaccine that we'll look back on this time and uh, you know, remember it and move forward and, and become uh, not only better people, but a better society. I certainly hope so. And people like you, Lisa McDowell, it's because of you. That's why we will be better um, when we come out of this, because you are uh, you are just, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to get emotional here, but I'm so glad you're healthy. And you are definitely I think when next time you when you walk into that Red Wing room, when that team is ready to take the ice. The real hero in that room is going to be you, and uh, I, I think those players will know it, and I would not be stunned or surprised or shocked if those guys don't give you a standing ovation because you certainly deserve it. No, actually, all of the frontline workers who are, are just showing up every day to help, the, those are the heroes, and I know that there are big plans for recognition, and I think all of the healthcare workers in the hospital systems the, the police, the, the rescue, the EMTs, the firefighters, the environmental service workers, um, the, the grocery stores and, and the restaurants, everybody who's keeping society running. Um, we're, we're all so grateful for everybody doing their part, but we're most grateful for the people who are, you know, helping us in any way they can, even if it just means staying home. I think every person wants to come out of this on the other side a better person, whether it's in relationships, you know, our, our kids are going to remember, everybody's going to remember this pandemic because we've never experienced anything like this. And it's unprecedented to, to have a stay at home order this long. And it gives us a lot of time to reflect on what we can do um, to make the world a better place. And so I'm, I'm just grateful to be part of such a fabulous organization that has hired a creative person 
to create the hashtag pie it forward. <laughs> yeah, pie it forward is amazing. And speaking of pies, Danny DeKaiser, he's the only human being on the planet that can eat 15, 16 pizzas at one sitting and not put on a, a bit of weight. What What's that about? <laughs> well, D Danny's also filling his plate with good things too. But I have to tell you, it's it's fun to see the guys sneak a piece of pizza. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll be at the counter making um, their cold press um, turmeric ginger shots for post game. And Leslie's always bringing a couple of pizza pies for the staff and you, <laughs> you see Ty, Tyler Bertuzzi or Danny, you know, some of the guys coming in and grabbing their piece of pizza. And, you know, it's been it's been a rough year uh, season wise for us. And now with the pandemic, I think we're all going to look forward to 2021. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, hey, they better have a piece of pizza in a roundabout way. That pizza is signing their paycheck. So, uh... yeah, yeah. And, they all, and they all love it and they know it. <laughs> no, they, they do. Hey, pizza. Nothing's better than pizza on occasion. No doubt about it. I mean, I can, uh, you know, my, my my belly can tell you that. So, uh, well, I, I can tell you, all the healthcare workers will will proclaim around the world, pizza unites the world because so many pizzas have been donated to the hospital, and it has kept us going through our shifts. All right, Lisa, I, I, I guess I can finally say goodbye. I don't want to because I'm enjoying this so much, but anything that you would like to, any parting words of wisdom or something that you would really like our audience, if, if they grasp one thing from today's podcast, what is that one thing? I think just, I know people are tired of being at home, but the stay at home order really does protect everybody in the end because it allows the hospitals and the healthcare system to keep up with, with the demand. We, we haven't run out of the ventilators or space in, in Michigan. We're able to take care of the patients who are sick, but that can change on a dime as we've seen throughout the country in different areas um, where the healthcare system has become saturated. Like we know in Northern Michigan, they just don't have the same numbers of hospitals like we have in Southeast Michigan. And so seeing things like the Cherry Festival in Traverse City being canceled, you know, we understand why, because they don't have the infrastructure if, if there were a lot of people who become sick. Um, so the, the, the parting, you know, words of advice would be, thank you for staying home because in the long run, it does flatten the curve and it's making a difference and hopefully it won't be too much longer because we're learning that the virus doesn't like the sunlight and it is getting warmer. So I think if we can just be a little more patient, um, it'll, it'll get better. All right. On that note, and that is a positive note, it certainly will get better. And, uh, Lisa McDowell, again, I know for the, about the billionth time, uh, I, I'm so glad that you're healthy. Uh, I'm glad that you recovered from this. It sounds like what, you know, you've gone to, as I like to say, Hades and back uh, in the last six weeks or so. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us on the Red and White Authority. It's always a pleasure uh, to have you on. And I promise uh, when we do our, our, our next one, hopefully uh, uh, the times, uh, it'll be a little bit lighter and uh, we'll have uh, a, a, lot, a little bit more fun. But as always, you'll be uh, disseminating some great information. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Art. See ya.